The word of the Lord from 1 John 3, verses 1 through 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our gospel proclamation comes from the epistle of 1 John that I read to you a few minutes ago and serves as the basis of our theme for All Saints Sunday, seeing him as he is. There comes a time in every pastor's career when it gets hard to do funerals. Usually it's somewhere between 15 and 20 years at any given parish. And the reason it's hard is because you have lived with God's people. You have gone through major tragedies and hard times in the congregation together. And you get to know people like you have never known anyone before. It's hard to describe to someone who has not had that consistent time with the same group of people over the long term. In a transient society, most people never get this experience. Homes are sold and people move to where the jobs are. People grow older and move back to be with the family they have lived apart from for decades. And some are just traveling through life in communities looking for the next big thing. I've seen it all. I've been a part of it all. Having lived in New Jersey, Minnesota, Massachusetts, Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, and now two different places in Florida the last 23 years. I can totally relate to that transient life. But now, Marcy and I have been settled here longer than anyone in our lives as adults. And our perspective is changing. And I have gotten to know my community and the people that live in it and the church, and the members here, like I've never known anyone besides my family. So now, when I do a funeral, I'm not saying goodbye to someone I served for a few years, and off to heaven you go. No, I'm saying goodbye to someone completely different than I have before. Celebrating the saints that have passed this year, I've said goodbye to that stately woman that never, and I mean never, and I verified this with her family, ever had a frown on her face. In church every Sunday and every Bible study, she can make it to. A picture of her, Marcy, and me still sits on my desk, reminding me of that every day. I say goodbye to the men who wrote the policies for our employees and brilliantly crafted a ministry that is truly lay-run and equipped for the saints but at the same time said the most side-splitting funny things I've ever heard in Bible study fellowship events. I said goodbye to men that were kicked out of their homes thanks to administrative snafus in their former church and found refuge in our community and church, hurt by what happened before, 
but worked through it with me and our church and became our most supportive members in the darkest and most painful times we've ever had in the ministry. I said goodbye to grandparents that made sure their grandchildren came to school here, got baptized here, and they themselves wanted to be buried right here. I said goodbye to women who brought huge celebrations to the congregation that commemorated patriotism with our congressmen present and love of the freedom we have to worship right here without the fear of persecution for doing so. I said goodbye to real Nebraskans, daughters of pastors, matriarchal mothers, and beloved brothers. And most recently, I said goodbye to a member that I could barely get through the sermon because it was in the preaching of it in front of his family that I finally understood what I wrote that described just how much he really cared for the children at our school. People we really knew, people we really loved, and thank God, people we will see again. Because it's not our love for them or their love for us that makes them who they are in eternity. Rather, it's God's love. And today in our epistle, we know exactly what kind of love that is. Because John, the elder, told us so under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And a close look at this love today has nothing to do with what it is. Rather, it has everything to do with what it does. Love that has the purpose for Jesus to give up his life, which is exactly what makes us all God's children. Unfortunately, or fortunately, as the case may be, sometimes it is nice to be a part of the wider audience with the flow, walk the talk, and be like everyone else mindset. There's a relative comfort zone I think we all yearn for. But the problem is, as Christians redeemed and sanctified by Christ, We're going to stand out whether we like it or not. Hopefully for the better, but that may not always be the case. And we should not expect it to be so anyway. The best example I saw of this was the recent election of the Speaker of the House. Now, I'd be willing to bet that you, like me, really didn't care much about who the House Speaker was until we found out who the House Speaker officially would be. It is what it is, and it'll be what it'll be. No sense in wasting any energy watching the news until we know for sure who it is. Well, we finally got one, and it's Mike Johnson from Louisiana. Yeah, I had the very same reaction when they finally elected him. Who's Mike Johnson? Well, I found out last week when he said, If you want to know anything about me, read your Bible. That's my worldview. I know there's more to him than that, but I would like to focus on that one statement that raised the eyebrows of MSNBC commentator Jen Psaki, who made the distinction that he didn't say he drew his worldview from the Bible, but rather it is his worldview. And that was concerning to her. Right there, in a nutshell, is what makes us different. 
We don't live in a world advised by the Bible. Rather, the Bible is our world. And that is exactly why it is hard for the world to understand us. While we are in this world, we clearly not of this world. But as our text says today, even that is just a foretaste of the feast to come. Are we perfect in any way, shape, or form? No way. Not even close. In fact, you all know that it is I who am that way well. Just last Sunday at Trunk or Treat, I wore my Sin Boldly t-shirt in big letters, but trust God's forgiveness more boldly in fine print Reformation t-shirt. Patty Albright came up to me and asked me what it was I was going as for Halloween. And I gestured to my shirt magnanimously saying, I'm going as a sinner. Can't you see what my shirt says? To which Patty shot back, you don't need a shirt to pull that off, Pastor. Touche, Patty. Touche. That's another difference between us and the world. We don't make any effort to justify our sin. We don't try to make our sins acceptable. We don't even try to hide our sins. Rather, we confess our sins and embrace the reality that we are sinners who need our Savior Jesus. And that's what we need to tell the world. We are no different than you. We are all sinners in this together. And we have a savior from that sin. In fact, our savior loves us so much that he laid down his life on the cross, which paid for every sin we ever committed and every sin we will ever commit. Then through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the word and sacraments, he comes to us from outside of us, making his dwelling in us to get to others who don't know him and believe in him like we do. And we want to tell everyone who does not know him now before it's too late because we are getting closer and closer to the time when what we will be has not yet appeared. But we will know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Unfortunately, for anyone who does not know him, it will be too late. Years ago, a missionary went to South America to share the gospel with a tribe that had never seen outsiders. They were a violent people to outsiders, which caused everyone to stay away. But this missionary and bush pilot was determined to share the gospel with them. After some clever tricks using the plane to slowly expose themselves to the tribe, along with gifts of food, tools, and other valuable instruments in the jungle, they managed to coordinate a successful face-to-face meeting with the tribe. And it went very well, except one male member of the tribe who remained standoffish and visibly irritated at their presence. Eventually, his passive irritation turned into open opposition, and then one day, in a fit of rage, he murdered the missionary. Sometime later, the wife of the missionary and her children reached out to the tribe again in an extraordinary display of forgiveness that was not lost on the tribal members. Then they even forgave 
and personally befriended the man who murdered the husband and father missionary Bush pilot. The man was so overwhelmed by their forgiveness, he felt compelled to tell them what he saw when he murdered her husband and their father that one fated day. <clears throat> As he recounted the event leading up to the moment he ended the missionary's life, he shared that something extraordinary had happened the moment he saw the missionary's life leech from his eyes. The man described it as going to the great boa, the typical way the natives described leaving this life. But what he described was blinding light, a vision of a man that welcomed the missionary in light, and the missionary himself taking on that light and joining the man in the sky. Surely, for that missionary, when Jesus appeared at his death, he was indeed like him because he saw his Savior Jesus as he is. For my All Saints Sunday children's message, I showed a lot of pictures in a photo album. All those people I learned from in their own way about what it means to be a Christian. Nobody perfect, none of us are. But they were still there to form me in one way or another into who I am today and who I will be in God's eyes for the future. But it was never because of who they were. It was because of what they did. They took me to Sunday school and vacation Bible school. They sat with me every Sunday in church. They shared family devotions with my brother and me as a kid all the way to adulthood. They cared enough about me to give me the only thing that really matters in this world, Jesus, who was their savior too. It's not about them looking down on us from heaven. We have no evidence they can from scripture. And furthermore, why would they want to see our pain and suffering still on earth? That wouldn't be heaven at all. Rather, it's looking at the lives they led to the power of the Holy Spirit by example in Christ. And ultimately, that's always what God did. He gave us the world to live in, but we ruined it. Then he redeemed the world from our sin. Then he gave us the message we need to give to those who do not know him yet. And now he gives us what we need to live in him until Jesus returns to take us home when we will truly be as he is, seeing him as he is. Amen. Now may that peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.